Some days you're the bug, some days you're the windshield, and some days, damn it, you just want to listen to Backtracks. Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morissette, joined as always by St. John Mariano. How are you doing, John? I'm no St. Corey. I know, it's one of those ironic nicknames, like when you call a fat guy slim. Call me fat? No, I'm calling me fat. But... All right, that's fine. I don't call you slim. No, I know, you just call me dickhead, which is fine. I, I take it as a term of endearment. And speaking of endearing, let's introduce our second co-host. You know him, you love him. Uh, he's an author, he's a podcaster, he's a musician, he's an amateur magician, he's a calligraphy enthusiast, he's a professional ice dancer, he's Scott Haskin from Las Vegas, Nevada. Scott, how are you doing tonight? Uh, apparently I have a lot to live up to this week. <laughs> you are a busy fellow, let me tell you. It is. It has been a bit of a crazy time, but I'm really excited to get into an Aerosmith song. I'm hoping for something I've never heard before. I feel adventurous. Ooh, that sounds great. Speaking of adventure, why don't you tell us a little bit about the adventure that is the Deep Dive Podcasting Network and all the fine shows people can find on there? Well, that is a wild bunch of people. And first of all, let me tell you that you can go to Twitter and hashtag Deep Dive Podcast Network and get into whatever's going on there when we remember to tag it. Uh, and you can find shows like T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast, Skinnered Reconsidered, Sabbath Bloody Podcast, which also covered all the Ozzy Osbourne material as well. I think, I, I don't know if they've done the new album yet, but I, I would imagine so. Uh, in the lap of the pods, if you want to learn about Queen, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z Pod, Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Ozzy podcast. Universally speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, the Metal Gods podcast, all things Judas Priest, and the podcast will rock with a familiar voice covering Van Halen, Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited, which is us, and I keep forgetting to not mention us when I'm reading this list, <laughs> uh, Backtracks theme music with a, another couple of familiar voices on this show, North and South, the comparison from Canada and America on music, and then the So Far, So Pod, So What, Megadeth podcast, and last but certainly not least, the Tom Petty Project. That's right. And uh, John, why don't you tell us all about Mixcloud and Pop Rock and Radio? Pop Rock and Radio is Ken Knapsack's awesome pop rock. I can't do this right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, we love we love Ken. Ken's take take Ken's taking a hiatus. Tr truth be told, um, most most of this month. Um, so. Why don't we pivot from Ken for now, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about Backtrack's uh, theme music. Yeah, let's do that, because uh, we just released a show on Monday, John, uh, from one of your favorite all-time movies, Deadpool. Tell us about that. Uh, tell you about Deadpool? I can't do that in five minutes, but okay. I can tell you, I, I can tell you, um, it's about a guy who wears a red suit because he doesn't want to see... Um, people to see their own blood on him he doesn't wear brown pants although he suggests that you wear brown pants if you're, he's chasing you um it, it was a lot of fun to talk about um and i'm looking forward to talking more superhero movies but we talked more than superhero movies you know we've had our very 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 own scott on to talk about the karate kid series mm -hmm. which I, I i still feel like that's my favorite episode we've done yet because i love scott and i love karate kid and I love you guys. And I have to say, I really enjoyed this week's episode of theme music. Uh, I've seen Deadpool, just the first one, and I liked it. But I I really enjoyed listening to some Juice Newton in, in cahoots with a superhero movie. I think that's just a great combination. 
that's the magic combination yeah juice newton with, with a superhero you, you nailed it on the head whoever's going to pick up a uh, queen of hearts whether it be fantastic four or something they, 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 they're going to be they'll have a license to print money i was thinking love's been a little bit hard on me would be great for like a comedic superhero movie oh that's a good one too yeah i, I was uh, regaling john i was looking at the charts and actually uh, backtrack steam music uh very popular in kenya uh mm. we, we've hit the top 30 on iTunes in Kenya, which kind of worries John a little bit. <laughs> I, I get concerned that, you know, I think, it, I think overall it's probably fine, but any region where there might be a warlord or something listening to us, I worry that we're going to get into a Tropic Thunder situation with Corey, where Corey may get um, abducted and they might have him reenact every episode. Like they, they discover Corey and like, oh, from Backtracks? And then they make him reenact all these episodes one by one, just like in Tropic Thunder to Ben Stiller. Mm. So I'll be no. crying saying, and then John said, I've been cleaning my shitter uh, all the time and I still don't fucking know karate. <laughs> well, if that happens, uh, Corey, make sure that you grab some coffee on your way back because they have some really good coffee in Kenya. Oh, there you go. Uh, thanks for the tip. And now I, I just, I thought, well, you know, we're actually in the Aerosmith show. I almost forgot there for a second. Where have we charted? On the Aerosmith shows, gentlemen, we we hit the charts in Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Bulgaria, Canada, Chile, Colombia, Germany, Great Britain, Iceland, India, Mexico, Norway, Poland, Spain, Sweden, the U.S., and Vietnam. Wow. A lot of Aerosmith fans around the world. We have peaked at uh, 162 on the uh, music charts podcast, podcast about music in Vietnam. So that's pretty interesting. So far. So far, yes. Uh, today, Vietnam, tomorrow, the world. <laughs> or what's left of it that we haven't already covered that's the next stepping stone it goes from vietnam to global domination that's right it's because everyone loves john you're, you're, you're gonna find that scott no one's gonna give two fucks about us but john he's got fans all over the globe yeah i'm, I'm just the, i'm the side chick in this <laughs> in this show you're the eye candy <laughs> you, you, you know, you guys are bothering me up so much it makes me think of this quote can i can i hit you one quote before before we get into the show of course yeah. This is Ken Knapsack's Pop Rock and Radio, the big hits, album cuts, and B sides from rock, rock and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives. Book for live shows and make requests. Sing, dance, and celebrate the music with the Pop Rock and Radio community. Awesome job! Look at that, and you pulled that right off the top of your head. That's amazing. So we just have to—if he's not feeling it—we just have to butter him up, and then he'll be ready to make the announcement. And then he'll mention the sponsor, who we actually saw uh, perform comedy not that long ago in 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 the big in the Big Apple, correct? My God, I I, I gotta tell you, so so because Scott Scott's out on the West Coast, Scott, if you get within smelling different distance of a Ken Napsock um, comedy show, um, Mark Ellis is the headliner. Sometimes Mark Ellis brings some other friends with him. You will laugh your balls off. Like, like you, you won't need to get um, snipped because your balls will fall off from laughing so hard. There's That's a, a tempting pull. offer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll keep an eye. Do they? Uh, well, I know that uh, we have a lot of uh, famous comedians that play at uh, Brad Garrett's club at MGM. Uh, Brad well, Garrett, uh, you probably know from Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, a lot of people come through, so maybe he'll he'll come through there. Yeah, I, I, I believe I believe that. Ellis has played Garrett's Club before, but I, I could I could be wrong. I know he's played played Vegas before. I know Ken's open for him in Vegas. Um, I will let you know what because I follow them and I 
talk to Ken sometimes. Uh, I will I, I I will let you know when they're going to Vegas because Please? it's a show. It's a show. To, I saw them twice in New York, and they were different but hysterical each time. Like it wasn't the same show twice. They were trying out different material both times, mm-hmm. and it worked. Sweet. Well, yeah, please do. I, I would love to check that out. I know she didn't extend that invitation to me, John. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> because you're up in Canada. Nobody wants to go to Canada. Well, I know, but they make airplanes up here. Like, I, I can fly down there. I, I'm not a felon. So so where, what town would you like to fly to? And I'll let you know when they're going to that town, Corey. Las Vegas. I want to go see Scott. We're going to go check out Aerosmith doing their residency. This well, December. it's up to me to invite yeah. you to a town I don't live in. <laughs> you're American? Yes, that's what I, that's what you're supposed to do. I'm American. Okay, Corey, why don't you come meet me in Hawaii, you asshole? Fine. I'd love to. Scott, Mark how are you doing with mom and dad big. fighting now? This is what Corey did. Oh, yeah. I, this is familiar ground for me. Uh, I, I feel like I am I was brought in to be the, the buffer for you guys. And uh, I think that this is the first time that, that Corey is not spending John's money. But I feel like John will come in and say, Corey, you're always trying to spend my money. All I know is I'm very sick and, and John is yelling at me and I don't feel it's fair. That John is the fire in the relationship. I'm the ice and Scott has to be the lukewarm water. You were the one bitching me out because I didn't invite you to America. <laughs> well, you know, it would probably make you feel better, Corey, is if we listen to an Aerosmith tune. Let's do that. And we got some dandies on this week's die. Let's check them out. We have uh, Sheila from Done With Mirrors. You See Me Crying from Toys in the Attic. Kings and Queens, that's specifically from Classics Live 1. Pink from uh, Nine Lives. Uh, Toys in the Attic from Classics Live 2, and I'm Down from Permanent Vacation. Uh, Scott, let's talk with you because you're nicer. Uh, which song out of those six are you looking forward to tonight? Well, you know, uh, as as much as I want one of my picks to come up, because I love both of those songs, You See Me Crying and I'm Down, but I, I kind of want to hear something I haven't heard, so I'm I'm up for any, anything. All right. Uh, Dickhead, how about you? I would love to invite you to listen to a fucking classic song tonight. Okay, which one? Uh, either, e- either one of the live ones. This is why you're single. You're just so non-committal. You can't even pick a fucking song. There's six choices. I just picked two of them. There's two live tracks. One of the two live tracks. There, give, give, not, give, give me Toys in the Attic or Kings and Queens, and Scott will be happy, and I will be satisfied, and you're invited to listen to Corey. All right. Well, no, I'm not going to. Here we go. We're going to roll this fucking dice, and we're going to come up with... Toys in the Attic from Classics Live 2. Nice. All right, John, you uh, manifested this one. Tell us all about it. Welcome to the live show, Corey. This is, this is um, I mean, it's one of Scott's favorite albums. We know that. Scott, Scott has two favorite albums. This is the title track from one of them, but this is a live performance, which I actually really prefer. My favorite performance of this song was on MTV's Unplugged. Um, but I love pretty much any time this band's gonna play this song, so um, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to to revisiting this one. Was that right. acoustic when they played Unplugged? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Um, I I have the bootleg. We won't be playing the bootlegs on this show, but if you can't hunt it down, you probably can find it on YouTube or something, Scott. But if you can't hunt it down, I own it. So let me know. On our new podcast, Backtracks Bootleg. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can go ahead and run with that one on your own. I've had enough John Mariano for one year. 
Uh, Toys in the Attic, though, Scott, you mentioned this is one of your favorite albums. Uh, what is it about this one? Uh, released uh, Remembrance Day, November 11th, 1975. You know what? This song is just such a kick-ass way to start off a rock and roll album. Just jumps right in with energy and does not let go. It, it really kind of says you're in for a ride and you better buckle your ass up. Uh, shockingly, uh, we talked about this. Not a single uh, back in 1975. Mm -hmm. uh, which you thought was kind of crazy because it's one of the songs that you associate with 1970s Aerosmith. Uh, this is an, an all-time classic. And uh, we're talking about classics live. Uh, this uh, entire album, I believe, was taken from a, uh, a Boston show in 1984 uh, recorded on New Year's Eve. And mm -hmm. uh, I have very fond memories. I got classics live one and two on CD at the same time. And uh, uh, both of these are real standouts uh, produced by Paul O'Neill and the band themselves. What do you guys say? You ready for a little toys in the attic? Let's do it. Here we go. So, so it was a little muddy with, with with the way the crowd was cheering at the top of this, and the band was playing. Like it, it almost feels like we joined them mid song, but that's how the song feels at the start. It starts 100 miles per hour, but 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 I really like how forward Joey is in the in this recording. Like the drums just feel like they're really pushed up, and he does a, a kind of a weird thing in there. It was almost like a little slip. It's kind of a little uh, off tempo type thing. Did you catch that, Scott? I did. I, I thought he's really just loving to play this song. He's he's just kind of exploding there behind the kit a little bit. Uh, I like that they kept the tempo. I, I was wondering if it was going to be a little bit faster than the album version, but it's pretty close. Uh, do we know who's singing backups here? I imagine this is Joe. I think he normally uh, sings backup on here. Usually Steven grabs his mic and walks over to Joe and they sing into the same mic. Uh, okay. Sounds good. Uh, I, that was going to be my comment, actually. Uh, later on in 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 their career uh joe doesn't quite hit those uh those melodies like like he used to but on this version uh he's right lockstep with steven i thought they sound great together mm-hmm Uh, Scott, let's start with you. Any comments on on the lyrics uh, of Toys in the Attic? It, it's they're they're pretty much just repeating the same refrains all the time. Yeah, I've I've never really felt like I had a grasp on what the hell this song was about. I just love the the sound of Stephen's voice on this one, the the melody during the verse, and then that bridge part. Uh, I just love the sound of his voice, the way he sings it. But I've never actually really paid attention to though. I think this is probably the first time I've ever really read them. And uh, I, I'm kind of with you. I wonder if it's just more that they're, they're words that kind of sound nice together uh, when, mm -hmm. when sung uh, during this melody, as opposed to a song that's actually kind of 
telling a story or attempting to. John, what is, what is your takeaway? I, I always like, I, and it could be the Batman fan and me, like loving the Joker. But I always forget, like the meaning of toys in the attic. The phrase is like, "You're crazy!" Like you, you, you have you, you have bats in the belfry. Right. So I, I, I really felt like this was an internal monologue of somebody who was struggling with toys in the attic. Right. So, so somebody who is struggling with their own insanity or or or, or poss- possibly insanity from drug addiction or something. But the voices in your head, those kind of things. Right. Like you see, like like in the attic, lights, voices, scream, nothing seen, re- reels the dream. Like it feels like these are just phrases and words and things painting this picture of of, of the chaos going on inside somebody's head. I could go with that. Yeah. I just really Scott's a drummer, so I know he'll appreciate that little role of of a Joe's or Joey's there. Oh yeah, it's it's it feels like he wanted to do more. I feel like he's being a little bit restrained. I feel like he wanted to open it up and just thought, you know, I I better just keep it within reason. But I feel like he's just bursting with energy on this song. I, I really like that, and I'm loving the harmonies. Yep, me too. And I'm I'm loving, uh, you know, Brad Whitford. Uh, and kind of the interplay with him and Joe uh, guitars on this. What are your thoughts on the guitars, John? I, I think they're kind of thunderous, but I also, like, you know, they also feel restrained. Like it feels like nobody's trying to overpower each other. And I think that's why it works. It feels very tight for a live performance. All right, great solo section. I thought Tom sounded great there. Like he had a little chance to shine. He was nice and up in the mix, uh, you know, doing his little melody line there. And the guitars I thought sounded fantastic. It doesn't get much better than that, does it? Yeah, I I think it was a great solo section. Um, I really feel like they're playing together on this. Not like, you know, some of the stuff I've heard a little bit later on where they really kind of seem to be on their own on stage. I really feel like they're unified in this one. Yeah, Corey, which was one of the newer songs? It was one of the newer albums that we were kind of picking on. I think from the 2012 album that that really felt disjointed, like they were they weren't even on, on the same continent when they recorded. Like right. this feels very much the opposite of that. This feels almost like they're they're different parts of the same body, right? Like like this this really feels like they're like one nebulous creature. That just has arms everywhere playing each of these instruments working in unison with one brain, one mind making it work. Paints quite a picture, don't he? I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, you know what I'm thinking is I, I feel like this could have been this listening to this. This could have come from the Toys in the Attic tour. It sounds that tight. 
And it was, you know, uh, nine years later. points where it's a very repetitive lyric but when and and we've picked on steven before for kind of stepping over the instrumentals but this is one of those times where i feel like he does it and it adds so much to the song right like him just going crazy there on the vocal on the way out it's not like he's overpowering getting louder 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 He, he he's he's getting more and more nutty for lack of a better word and more frenzied and I think that plays into, like, if this is the theme of the song of being inside somebody's head, it feels like that plays into it a lot. Yeah, yeah I would lot. agree with that. In fact, uh, it, it's, I think in this case, like, for one, he was absolutely quiet during the guitar solo. He really, he didn't chime in on that at all, which is great. Uh, but I think this is a song that really kind of needs a little bit of vocalist going off because, like you said, it is very repetitive. There's nothing different that's going to happen. So I think, you know, just to carry it to the end, I think it's really good for him to step in in a case like this and just kind of beef it up a little bit. But I also noticed that there in this mix, I can't really hear any hi-hat or ride or crash cymbals. Uh, they're not really cutting through. It's making the drums a little bit weird. Yeah, because uh, like the you know the the snare and the toms are, are have a much bigger sound to them. But yeah, mm-hmm. you, you you don't get a ton of cymbal, which is kind of strange. And I was just kind of you know when you think about where the band was when they recorded this, this was uh, New Year's Eve, nineteen eighty four. So they had just got back together that year. Uh, of course, in seventy seven, you know things were starting to fall apart for Aerosmith, and I think it was February that year that they you know started you know getting back together here. So you know not even together uh back together a full year at this point and and they sound like this like that's pretty yeah. impressive mm-hmm. I, I, I mean it makes sense like it almost feels like they have that renewed energy like that new life the new lease on life so maybe that's what we're getting to hear too is like they're falling in love with each other again before they fall out of love like five more times mm-hmm.
Gotta love the extended cheer and the slow fade out, especially when it's the last track on a live album. That's Toys in the Attic live from Classics Live Two. Uh, Scott, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I was uh, going to ask if that was the the closer, at least the closer before maybe the encore, because I thought he said goodnight there. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it had a lot of energy. The the towards the end was a little bit of a weird transition. Um, I would have liked a little bit more uh, of a quality drum mix. I feel like like he was really energetic and had a lot he wanted to say, but he like started a fill and kind of didn't know. He stopped like one beat short of finishing the fill and making it complete a couple of times. But apart from that, I thought it was great. I would really think this song would be an opener for a show. It's an odd song to end on, I think. It's just it's just full of energy. Well, and I think just looking at the sample set list from that tour, uh, which was called the Back of the Saddle Tour, uh, it would have been the uh, the closer before the encore. Because the encore mm. normally was Walk This Way and Train Kept It Rolling. Uh, Toys in the Attic actually isn't even part of the sample set list here. Uh, same old song and dance is the song that kind of ends it out. But I imagine they either tagged on Toys or they swapped it out with uh, same old song. It's uh, for for me. I like that they end on it. I, I I think it really leaves you wanting more. Like, you know, even even if this is like leading into the encore, like it is like Scott said, so full of energy. I also think it for me. I know I know I'm not musically inclined like Scott, but like I object. Like I think I I love this track more than the the studio version i would listen to this 10 10 out of 10 times over the studio version and it's it's because of the, the flares that, that that tyler is giving it it's the way the band sounds together it's it, it's the roar of the crowd behind them like i feel like i'm in the arena with them when they're when they're playing this and i love that feeling aerosmith is an all-time live band and i agree with you john this is an all-time live classic uh, i would listen to this version 10 times out of 10 over the the studio as well uh it's the perfect rock song uh i think and i'm just gonna double check here uh it's part of the rock and roll hall of fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll and i wow. don't think you're gonna get too much argument from this panel on the inclusion on that list uh, if you guys had to venture a guess how many times do you think aerosmith has performed at least according to setlist.fm how many times do you think how many times do you think they've performed toys in the attic i'll go with um 300 50. Okay, 350. John, are you higher or lower? This is like Price is Right. We're going to do this every week. I like this new bit. $1. <laughs> um, Corey, are you guessing two or is it just the two of us guessing? Just the, just the two of you because I know the answer. I would like to go with 351. Okay. Uh, well, the closest to the actual number without going over is John Mariano. It has been played, according to setlist.fm, 1,009 times. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Until Scott went, I was only going to go like 250. So, so. <laughs> Okay, well, next time, you got to go first. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's such a great song, and I think it's probably just weird for me to think about ending a show on this because I'm so used to it being the opener on the album that I just think it's a, it's a great way to start things off. You know, it kind of defines where it's heading. So I think that's what's kind of uh, making it a weird closer. But if I heard the whole concert and in, in put it in context uh, with the encores, I would imagine I would I would like it just fine. But I think it's a fantastic version, full of energy. I think they're all playing great. And it's it's a really kick-ass version. And through the years, Toys has fluctuated its spot in the set list. Uh, I think it's opened some shows. 
Uh, used to be like third or fourth, kind of in that power position. Uh, they've used it in, as part of the encore, as the uh, outro before the encore, as actually uh, the last song of the show. I know their last show of their current uh, uh, re Vegas residency uh, that it was played, it was played 11th uh, mm. out of 15 of the main set. So between Seasons of Wither and Living on the Edge. So, nice. gentlemen, now we have to decide, does Toys in the Attic from Classics Live 2 uh, deserve a spot on side B of our mixtape? Side A, of course, is all the uh, the deep cuts. Side B is all the live cuts. We currently have Sweet Emotion, Mother Popcorn, What It Takes, and Lord of the Thighs uh, was put on there just last week. So, does Toys in the Attic uh, join it? Let's start with Scott. Well, I think... I, I I don't want to say just by the default of we have a lot of room that it belongs on there, but I think we would put it there just because there's room. Uh, but I would say, yes, it absolutely belongs there just on its own merit. I think it's great. All right, John. I think that um, we're going to have a fight to the pain if you guys want to take this off the mixtape. That is, that is serious. That's not even a fight to the death. That's a fight to the pain. That's uh Anyone who knows their Princess Bride knows that you don't mess with that. Can we do it like the Karate Kid 2 where it's a fight to the death, but no one ever dies, and then they keep calling it a fight to the death? I mean, I'm, I'm not breaking any ice with you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, John, I think that might have been one of yours, uh, Toys in the Attic, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. All right. So that means you get to replace it. Are you going to go with another live track to kind of keep this balanced die that we got going? No, I'm going to I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna shake it up a little bit. All right, what are you thinking there, Mr. Mariano? I think I think I'm going with night night in the ruts. I think I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go reefer head woman. Ooh, and why are you going with that one? It's a bluesy song. Um, I I want to try to start exposing Scott to other Aerosmith, and this is a little bit off the beaten path from from where where he's traveled. And I want to take him off the yellow brick road and take him off into the creepy forest with the dudes with the apple trees. Well, if, I think it's fair to say that if anyone could make me feel exposed, it would be John Mariano. That seems like a good place to leave that. So Reefer Headed Woman, <laughs> which uh, is a cover of a Jazz Gillum song, now on the mixtape, it joins Sheila uh, from Done With Mirrors, You See Me Crying, Kings and Queens from Classics Live 1, Pink, and I'm Down. Well, boys, let's put a bow on this one. Uh, Scott, why don't you let the folks know where they can find you online and what you got going on? Uh, well, I'm currently uh, working on the artwork with my graphic artist to get my book trilogy out. Should be out. Uh, the first book should be out hopefully mid-November. And then we've just ordered the proof copy, so we're getting pretty close. And then um, working on an album for next year and a couple other projects. But you can uh, find all that at www.scotthaskin.com. And uh, I, for one, look forward to your next uh, book series on John Mariano, uh, just trying to dissect why he is the way he is. I think that's going to be endlessly fascinating. Uh, John, where can the folks find you? Uh, where, uh, you? You want them to stalk me? Yes. Um, you don't have uh, enough adventure in your life. I, 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 mean, I mean, they can find me where they can always find me, on Ken Knapsack's Pop, Pop Rock and Radio. The big hits, album cuts, and, and B-sides from the, the rock and pop world that make up the soundtrack of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests. Sing, dance, and celebrate the music um, in the pop rocking com community. Go ahead and download, it on, download the Mixcloud app and, and subscribe to, to Ken. 
There you go. I'm, just, I'm so proud of you that you're able to do that right off the top of your head. Here, I thought I was going to throw you a curveball. And like Aaron Judge, uh, you took that curveball and knocked it right out of the park. Well done, John. I like to think I'm more like Harrison Bader, where, where, where I don't show up all season, but when I show up, it matters. There you go. Uh, you can find me uh, on and the podcast for Rock with Mark Meyer talking Van Halen. You can find me on Backtrack Steam Music talking movie music with John. Uh, you're going to listen to this a few, a uh, couple of months actually, probably later. But uh, go back and listen to some of our uh, previous shows. We just did Free Fallen from Jerry Maguire. We did Angel in the Morning from Deadpool. Um, and we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. So uh, you can catch us out there. But uh, until next time, on behalf of Scott Haskins and John Mariano, my name is Corey Morrison. Thanking you all very much for listening. Uh, we love you, Kenya. Uh, thank you for all your support. And as always, we'll give the final word to Steven Tyler. Thank you.